Hello and welcome everyone to the 37th episode of the Pointy Hatcast. I am your host Sam, also known as Ducky O'Brien on Twitch, and we are joined today by our co-host, fellow crossbow fanatic Sperry. Hello! Isaiah is safely back from New Zealand, so we'll be back soon to our normal release schedule. Today's episode is on being a terrible role model to children, birds of prey. Our email is pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Please send us any questions or comments as well as any requests for movies for us to watch. Birds of Prey was released on February 2020 in the US. It was directed by Kathy Yan. The screenplay was written by Christina Hudson. It stars Margot Robbie, Rosie Perez, Murray, Elizabeth Winstead, Journey Smollett, Ewan McGregor, and many, many more. Currently, as of this podcast, it has a Rotten Tomatoes score of 78% for critics and 78% for the audience. After splitting with the Joker, Harley Quinn joins superheroes Black Canary Huntress and Renee Montoya to save a young girl from an evil crime lord. Alright, Barry, why don't you take us away? Birds of Prey is essentially the movie that Suicide Squad was supposed to be. Yes. In almost every way, I think the tone and style of the film is very much what they were trying to go for. The visual look, like this super colorful explosion rainbow of, you know, ultra stylized uh, little skits and stuff like that. It's, It's all what I feel Suicide Squad was shooting for and fell vastly short of. Ah, uh, so far away. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and for better or for worse, that's what they went for. I think that this works much better as a film. In fact, the fact that it just works as a film is, you know, full stop already, already far and away better than Suicide Squad did. There's a story and you know what's happening and when it's happening, even though it's not all in chronological order, so... I do have issue with the the overall construction of the film. I don't think it's perfect. I'm not mm. a big fan of the, you know, cutback style of plot construction that they used. It's a little bit overdone to the point where it's a meme now. The movie opens with, uh, this is me, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> the only two other films, <laughs> yeah, the only two <laughs> other films that come to mind, although many have done it, that did this in recent memory, were one, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, you're and right. And two, Ratatouille. <laughs> Wait, those are, you know, decent films. Ratatouille is pretty good, right? I haven't seen yeah, it. Yeah, but they both have things in common in that they're children's films. <laughs> this, this is a children's film. I don't know what you're talking about. I guess. I mean, you should take definitely take children to watch it because it's very violent and children <laughs> definitely need that. But tonally, it's a little bit strange. There's also a lot of narration. Which I'm generally not a fan of. It's it's all right. It's not overbearing in this film, but it is it is not the best you know the best best way to tell a story. Don't don't talk at me and explain to me what's yes, happening. Yes, yes. Just it's show okay. me what's happening. It's cheap. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, show me. It's definitely a little bit cheap. Yeah, but it, it's it's all right because it's kind of how Harley Quinn stories kind of go. I think that I have some issues with the characterization. I think that, again, the construction is a bit of a detriment. But other than that, I think it's it's an alright film, which mm. for DC is way above the bar. Yeah, yeah. They've already hit the mark. They've blown it out of the park because the bar is so low. But yeah, I think I actually enjoyed this film. Incredibly stupid title aside, 
How about you, Sam? Yeah, uh, I actually like this movie quite a bit. I think there's one critical flaw for me, and it's the writing. We'll get into it a little bit later. But yeah, first of all, uh, I love the tone of the movie. For me, I had to pretend that it was an alternate universe. Like you said before, I don't like the characterization of these superheroes. They're too human. And for DC, it's kind of like, you know, like Batman and Superman are ideas. Like the Joker is an idea. He's like, you know, chaos. If you look at Christopher Nolan's Batman, now that's so good. It's like a comic book come to life. And Batman is an idea, and like the Joker is an idea. And then Snyder tried that, but instead of being ideas, they were just nothing. They were garbage. (laughs) It's just too heavy-handed. It's too heavy-handed. Even in the Joker, he was also an idea. He had character to it. He was uh, relatable in some ways, but he was also mainly an idea. And so Harley Quinn also... To me, at least, is mainly an idea. The way that I see her is kind of like the Joker's equal. It's a little bit more relatable, a little bit more humor. But in this movie, she's she's human. And I think that's a good and bad thing. In that I think uh, overall, that's what Suicide was trying to do, was make these superheroes more relatable. And they did that. Like the Huntress being super awkward because she was raised by two killers. You know, and she doesn't know how to relate to people socially. And uh, she's like, my name is the Huntress. And they keep saying crossbow killer. I like how overwrought, how how meta the character is. Yeah, it's so... Okay, anyways. Black Canary as a character, they try to humanize these characters. And that's a good step going forward if this is a trend that you want to do. But then you have to be careful because... Like, Marvel did such a good job of balancing all of those things. Like, they made the characters that weren't very important represent ideas, were usually like villains or something. But, like, the main cast, they were very relatable, right? If you have a mix of that, where all of a sudden Batman is an idea or Batman is a character, people watching are going to get very different vibes. You have to establish a feel to the DC cinematic universe. So, they have to decide. And I think fragmenting that is a little risky that said i like where they're going like you said before it's very colorful i love the tune i love the pacing i love the flashbacks because basically the reason why i love them even though they're cheap is that for suicide squad they tried the crappy title card intros you remember those yeah how could i not it was the first 40 minutes of the film (laughs) yeah it's so bad and they did it twice for birds of prey it works because instead of a title card, it's a flashback. And instead of doing it all at once or being super repetitive, it's a little bit sprinkled out throughout the movie. Front loaded a little bit because that's where it is. And then the last half is like a, a big fight scene. Uh, but yeah, I really liked it. I really like how it's basically a kid's movie. Like the main character is an insert for a kid. It's, it's Cassandra Kang. So it's like you're, you're the kid watching this and you're part of this world and you're you're being adopted by these superheroes or anti-heroes whatever you want to call them and it's kind of like showing that kid that you can grow up to be awesome too even though like you're a girl or whatever and i think there's a kind of an overtone of like you know you don't need a guy which i think is a good message but i think you know i think it went a little too far to portray all guys oh i would say almost every guy as either bad or just incompetent 
That's what it is. It's a kid's movie. <laughs> it teaches kids the value of stealing. Yes, and, yes. Killing. And violence. Yeah. Uh, so, like, I agree with you there. I think it was a little weird in that I think if you notice that Harley Quinn does not kill a person. Yeah, she does. I, I'm not on screen. Not on screen. For, uh, for most part. Remember the, the dog, the hyena? The hyena yeah, guy? Yeah. That was an on screen. I think that's pretty close. I mean, the next scene, they have you, the, the hyena gnawing on his yeah, severed yeah. limb. But all I'm like, saying is that okay. like, they're going for action as, as opposed to violence, and then to have Roman Sionis rip a dude's face off. Again, that happened off screen, but then they go back to it. So like, they're tonally, I don't think it's completely there yet. I think they should have stuck with the the goofy action. There's a part where she breaks a dude's legs, like forward, backward, and I was like, "Oh, that hurts!" But it was so, in such a goofy manner that it kind of made it comical. And yeah, <laughs> so I think if the way that I'm looking at this is that it's like an alternate universe DC movie for kids. That's how I'm viewing it. And I think it did a pretty good job. I think if they nail this tone and this narrative and like humanizing the characters i think they can make some pretty decent movies because i really like the editing i like the color palette it wasn't snyder-esque where it's just very monotonous and just boring to look at you know where everything is color corrected to gray and dark gray (laughs) (laughs) yeah and like uh you know there's a colorful cast of characters not everyone's like serious all the time that's that uh, I don't like the characterization. Like, I like Harley Quinn as an idea. I don't want her to be a human character. I don't want her to be relatable <laughs> too much. Like, I don't want her eating a breakfast sandwich and talking to people. I mean, that that's sad. That's just my personal opinion. Just looking at it as a film, though, I think most of it works. But yeah, that was my, like, initial impression. Yeah, I mean, uh, as a character... I think my issue with the Harley Quinn character in this film is, you know, you don't need her to be relatable, but you do need a little bit of sympathy yeah, for the character. And I don't know if I ever really got that. I think maybe, the, I mean, she's like super violent, super nuts, and that's the character, but to draw you into the film and you have to identify with her or sympathize with her in some way. And I'm not sure if I ever had that moment. I'm struggling to think of a similar example that I can use, but I have, I'm coming up short. I kind of related to her character, though. Like, jokes aside, uh, I think finding your identity as a person, you know, I, I related to that part because she doesn't know who she is without the Joker because she's been with the Joker for so long. Right, I get the moral core of the film, like uh, struggling for identity, extricating yourself from an abusive relationship. I wish actually they had spent a little bit more time on that concept because it was kind of below the surface and I think they could have done a lot more with it and it would have been really interesting because mm. that's that's what the relationship is. The Joker's the abuser and she's abused mm. and her story is basically recovering and triumphing after leaving him. That's a really good idea. That's a great story. That's a relatable story. I wish they'd spent a little bit more effort building on that and focusing on it. I think I know why they did it. If you notice in the intro to Birds of Prey, they don't use the Jared Leto Joker. They use the cartoon Joker. Have you noticed that? Right, because they don't want to pay Jared Leto. <laughs> yeah, they also, they don't want to reference that Joker. 
So I think what they wanted to do was like introduce the concept of the Joker, remind them she had a relationship with the Joker, and then take the Joker far away from memory so you don't recall Jared Leto ever again. I think that's the main reason. They don't even show him in the flashback from Suicide Squad. You know what I'm saying? The scene where she jumps into the chemical vat and he picks her up. They don't show his face. Yeah, because they would have had um, to pay him. Yeah, I know, but it's just, it's just so silly. They're just like erasing his presence. It's uh, part of the uh, Screen Actors Guild. <laughs> um, it's part of the rules is that if you show an actor's face, even if it's old footage, you have to pay them. Mm, okay. And they have to give permission. And I strongly suspect that either they didn't want to pay him or he didn't want to be in the movie. You know, full stop. All right, fair enough, fair enough. And maybe that's why? I guess that's why I feel like they could have made a coherent film without, without him in it and still made it good about, you know, recovering from an abusive relationship because that would have been, I don't know, I'm just, I mean, I'm just, maybe I'm grasping at straws here. I would have really liked to see more of it. Mm. And it would have added a layer of sympathy to the Harley Quinn character and helped me, help pull me into the film a little bit more. I'm just, I'm just griping here though. Gotcha. I don't think it makes the film bad. I think it could have just made the film a little bit better. I didn't sympathize with anyone because it was too much of a joke. And that was the tone they're going for. Like, everything's a joke, you know? You can tone it down a little bit sometimes. I think I sympathize with Black Canary. Really? No, I yeah. didn't. I did not. Let, let me tell you why. Let me tell you. If you want to get into it, let's go into it. Sure. I have so many issues with the writing. So, like, Black Canary. All right, her mom was the previous Black Canary. Right. And she died. And the police department didn't help her. So she's angry at the police. So what mm-hmm. does she do? She goes and works for a notorious mob boss. And I'm like, how does this compute? It doesn't make any sense to my head at all how, why she would do that. She's like, I hate the cops. I hate violence. I hate criminals. So let me go work for the possible worst candidate in Gotham City. It doesn't make sense to me. It doesn't make sense. So, like, everyone's uh, dumb. Everyone's stupid in this movie. Maybe it's because I've read a few comic books, and I know that Gotham City is basically just a giant shithole. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. But that's, they don't show that here. That's the problem. The, according to this film. Don't they? I mean, the film is just filled with murder and senseless <laughs> violence. And the, the police are just like, yeah, it's just, this is Wednesday. No, they, they look all happy. I don't know what you're talking about. It's not like Snyder or uh, Nolan, you know, where everything's just dark and there's literal garbage fires everywhere. I don't know. I give little, little logical leaps like that a, a pass for, I don't know. Like, I, I don't even know if this needed to be a comic book film. I think this could have just been a film. Yes, I, that's where I was in, going. In hard, yes. hard situations. Yeah, I think if they removed the DC pairing, it would have been such a better film. Because we don't need Harley Quinn to be in there. This movie could stand on its own with the cast and the editing and everything. Like, this could have been an original film and it would have been more entertaining because you're less impaired by having to be faithful to DC lore to a certain degree. Because if you aren't, people are going to be angry. I think the bigger detritus is that Nothing exists in a vacuum, and you have to put this next to Batman v Superman. (laughs) And you have to reconcile the fact that Harley Quinn was supposed to, at some point, pose a tangible threat to Superman. Uh, yeah. And, I mean, he can cut people in half with eye lasers. (laughs) What? 
uh, I don't. There's only one real superpower moment in this entire film, and they kind of build up to it, which I actually liked. I think that you don't really need every other scene to have people shooting laser beams yeah, and stuff yeah, like that. It's, yep. it's fine to the logic of the film. It works in within the logic of the film. It's great. Within the greater logic of the DC universe, it's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was talking about too. Going back earlier. How each movie portrays the DC universe, there's not a similar feeling to all of them. It's gonna make people either like it or hate it. Well, I don't know. I think they're they've given up establishing. <laughs> I think they've literally just given it's up. Given up establishing right. a wild the cohesive universe. It's just mm. do whatever the heck you want because we don't know what we're doing. Marvel have fair enough triumphantly succeeded at establishing the rules of their world. They nailed it in a way that I, I can't even understand. It's incredible how it works, even though nothing past like a five second analysis of it should make sense. Like Captain America should not in any way be able to stand next to Thor, the God of Thunder. Yeah. But it completely works <laughs> in context. It does. You don't ever question it. It just works. This guy can shoot lightning and like throw buses and Captain America has a shield that he can punch pretty hard. And you're like, it works perfectly well. I do not question this in any way. But in Suicide Squad and Birds of Prey, to a degree, it's always in the back of your head, right? Like, Superman can literally just punch his way through a mountain. And he just wouldn't care. It wouldn't even slow him down. And then you have Black Canary and Huntress who shoots arrows. Crossbow. <laughs> yeah, it's like, it's not mean, a bow and arrow, it's a crossbow. <laughs> And that, that's another thing that keeps popping up in the back of your head is why don't you just shoot them with guns? Yeah. And they do, and they, yes. they fall back on that at the end. At the end of the film, there's the big long punching and kicking scene, and then they just shoot guns. Like, why didn't you just shoot guns from the beginning? It would have saved you <laughs> a lot of time. It wants it to be personal. Just shoot them with guns. Why don't all the thugs have guns? Why do they attack one at a time? <laughs> <sighs> oh, okay, I'm, I'm just nitpicking now, but. I don't know. The presence and then lack of guns. <laughs> I don't know. I, maybe there needs to be a gun balance. I don't know. Maybe. I, I, but you just keep questioning. Why don't, why don't you just shoot them? Just shoot them. You've already sliced people's heads off. I mean, at the end of the film, spoilers, a person literally gets pulped by a grenade. Yeah. yeah. Which was probably my favorite fart, part of the entire film. Favorite fart favorite part of the entire film it was kind of like a joke though oh it was hilarious yeah. it was absolutely funny but i guess i guess i'm just an angry ordinary bothersome bastard i, I, I have know. to I, pick, look at this stuff yeah I, I, the problem i have with is with the the logic making behind each character so for for like an example here's an example the part where ewan mcgregor Roman Sionis is talking to Black Canary and Zaz to go pick up the diamond. That was really awkward. Was that awkward to me or was that awkward to you too? And they're like, okay, I'll, just, I'll go. It's like, it's a pickup. I can go by myself. It's like, no, just do as you're told. Was that the acting there a little weird for you? It felt a little... I'm, I was really... Because I love Ewan McGregor. I'm not uh -huh. sure if I, I was talking about with... Black Canary's part. Oh, like, Black Canary's yeah. part? It felt a little, like, I didn't know what she was portraying there, like, emotion. She was just a little, a little dead inside or something. Yeah, there was a little bit of a disconnect there. 
Ewan McGregor and Margaret Robbie's performances are very standout. Mm. They contrast a lot with the rest of the cast because they're both of them verge on caricature, I think, right? Yeah. They're almost definitely. they're almost cartoons and everyone else in the film is mostly normal huntress aside. <laughs> Huntress is great because she's just yeah. a joke, and I think that's the best. <laughs> crossbow killer. <laughs> <laughs> Even the guy who got hit by the crossbow was like, "You're the crossbow killer." <laughs> like Huntress. they call me Huntress. <laughs> <laughs> oh, she's practicing in the mirror too. <laughs> so awkward. Yeah, it's it's humor. There's like jokes in this film. It's incredible. Yeah, it's actually kind of funny. Not only that, like. Going back to that, so they go pick up this diamond, which has the secrets to the Bertinelli fortune, which will give Sionis all the money he needs to take over Gotham City. Zaz just casually puts it into his pocket, and then gets pickpocketed by a little kid. And I'm just like, how dumb are you? He's his right-hand man, so he knows that diamond is important. Why in the world would you just casually put it in your pocket? I understand it's for plot purposes but like how dumb do you have to be to do that and like everyone is that stupid there's another scene it looks very nice when they capture harley quinn and cyanus is meeting her and he's like i'm gonna kill you and then she's like wait i can find last off for you you need to find a diamond blah, blah blah she's like untied in the chair and everyone's just like pointing a gun at her face in arm's reach and i was just like why don't you just tie her up <laughs> you know like I don't understand any of this. Like, the, the logical decisions of each character, it doesn't make sense to me. They're too dumb. So like, It all I, operates on comic book logic. Yeah, but... I kind of got what you were going for. It was very... It was kind of a meta-humor moment. It, the joke didn't quite work. It, it doesn't... You have to decide the tone with this movie, because I think they, they're really close to nailing it. A little, like, that humor, that sarcasm, that lightheartedness, that jokey manner backed by brutal violence is great but like you can't have that for everything you need some moments to ground the viewer so that they can relate with the characters or to the situation like if everything is taken as a joke then you can't take anything from the movie seriously because you're training the viewer to be like this is a joke this is a funny moment haha look at this it's a narration moment here is a flashback aren't I so funny and then when you try to have a serious moment it just flies over their head or you can't relate to it because you've been pushing humor this entire time I think they could nail the tone a little bit better but that said I think they did a pretty good job as a start compared to Suicide Squad and Snyder and I hope they keep going forward with another movie like this but I, I wish the writing was a bit more solid the characters their motivations their development and like their logic for decisions like i find to have some humor here and there but not for everything it made the whole movie feel like a kid's movie to me because it's like they're acting stupid so they can move the plot along yeah i mean it is basically a kid's movie that's why i said can't yeah. fault that it's just a very violent one which it's i a think very is perfect one, yeah. you know this should be rated g for general audiences just take your three-year-old watch <laughs> Victor Zaz rip people's heads off or faces off. That's that's what kids need to see. You know, if you cut that out, like I think the tone would have been more consistent. It would have been more solid. I I think. Well, less violence. No, more goofy violence and less like uh, ripping people's faces off violence. I don't. Know, I like I like lots of violence. 
Fair I enough. need more. Fair enough. Uh, I need more. What was this movie rated, by the way? I don't remember. I don't remember either. It has to be... It might be PG, because they don't actually show them ripping the face off. Oh, it's they, they probably like PG-13 or something. PG-13, probably. I didn't hear gratuitous swearing, so it's probably PG-13. There might have been like say... one fuck. Yeah. <laughs> I think F-word once. They do have a limit, right, for PG? Yeah. Well, PG-13 is one F-bomb. That's hilarious. One F-bomb is okay, but two, you're rated R. Where's the logic in that? Well, I mean, you can get away with two. I think the Martian think? got okay. two. So if you say three... You have to sit in a room. You have to literally lobby for every additional F-word. <laughs> Interesting. They had to get all the writers together and be like, yo, we, we, I mean, the movie is very nonviolent. It's a science fiction. Just give us one more, one more fuck. it's fine but yeah I think they bounce back and forth you're right between horrific violence and goofy humor and they're kind of struggling to find their tone it also bounces back from like super serious moments like there's one scene where Sionis is at his nightclub and people are laughing at him so he's really insecure and then he looks at the lady the one girl and tells her to get up on the table and dance, and then rips her her clothes to embarrass her, because he wants to put her down so he can feel better about himself. That shows how messed up he is on the inside, but, like, you can't put those serious scenes in there when, you know, there's a lot of jokey scenes. So I think, again, I think it's a balancing act of toning down the jokes enough, finding out your tone that you want, and then make sure you deliver more serious moments because if you just drop it in there, sandwich between two joke scenes, it's not going to have the same effect that you want it to. Right. This is not like a uncommon thing. Other films struggle with balancing humor and serious moments as well. Warcraft. <laughs> Warcraft. I think even Guardians of the Galaxy 2 had a, had a slight issue with this where every serious moment was undercut with a joke. Yeah. It was not as big of an issue there, because you already liked the characters. <laughs> they yes, already had yes. an entire film to get you to like the characters and accept the rules of their little comic book world. But yeah, also, like, the thing that I didn't like was that Sionis was a complete joke. Oh. <laughs> like, how the heck is he a criminal mob boss? He's, he sucks at everything. Yeah, I think the portrayal was a little bit... Weird. I kind of get they're they're going for like an unstable narcissist, right? Yeah. I think I just like Ewan McGregor too much. He's too like he's too likable. There's not he enough likable. There's not enough sleaziness. There's not enough scumminess to his performance. It's like um the Wolverine and Real Steel and Memory, you mentioned this before too. Yeah. Hugh Jackman is just he's just too nice. Too likable. He's too yeah. nice. Maybe his public persona is just, he's too nice of a guy. <laughs> a you just know he's a great yeah. guy and an absolute gentleman. And then you watch this film and he's supposed to be a huge scumbag. And you're just like, I don't believe you. <laughs> I don't believe it. This is Obi-Wan. I don't believe you. It's Obi-Wan. Oh, Wolverine and Obi-Wan. They're too nice. Well, hello there. <laughs> <laughs> General Kenobi. General Kenobi. <laughs> Oh gosh, isn't he supposed yeah. to be in an upcoming Star Wars streaming service show about- Yeah, with, with uh, Anakin and Obi-Wan's buddy-buddy adventures. 
something like that or maybe just as adventures of being alone on Tatooine for like 20 years that would be depressing just like day waiting. 450 i'm still on the desert nothing of consequence happened <laughs> <laughs> luke is turning into a turd playing with his friends luke is becoming whinier every day yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know like Sionis, like again if this was a standalone film and they took the DC out of it, then I would like the character of Sionis, right? It, it's not in, like, a superhero universe. But in the DC universe, like, Black Mask is supposed to be able to withstand or stand up to Batman. So, like, this guy can't stand up to nobody. Uh, yeah, I mean, they explain it away. He's supposed to be vastly, vastly inferior to Joker. Your Joker is supposed to be the boogeyman of the criminal underworld, I guess. Opposite to Batman. And Sionis is just kind of... Like the uncle. <laughs> like average scumbag, not an exceptional scumbag. He was like nothing. Anyways, anyways. That was just some nitpicking again. I think I like this movie. I think you said it before too, where if it just didn't have that DC connection, I think it could have been a stellar film. The writing could have been a lot better. They could have done a lot more with the characters and the story. Yeah, they don't have to shoehorn themselves into this existing world and can play around a little bit more and just let the characters be their own thing instead of yeah. having to adapt some joke of a character. Because I, I love the goofy tone of the movie. I love the pacing. I love the editing. I love the color palette. Like, I love the acting. I love... Almost everything except for the writing. Not the actual dialogue, but like the things that happen and why they happen. Uh, I think that was the weakest part for me. I actually want to see a Suicide Squad movie like this. It would feel sort of similar to Guardians of the Galaxy, but it would be violent. <laughs> it would be brutally violent. God, like, wouldn't that be awesome? Yeah, give me a rated R version. We have rated R comic book movies that do well. Deadpool paved the way. Logan mm -hmm. was rated R, right? Oh, that's great. You can have a rated R comic book movie, have it be a good movie, and have it make a lot of money. Come on, studios. Just give us more violence. Give us more swearing. <laughs> Maybe pop a no. tit out. I don't know. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, but I was thinking about it, and it's just like, uh, yeah, I liked... Everything, except for the kid, you know, I get it. it. It's too much of a kid's movie with the kid. Take the kid out and make it a fun goofy. The kid is supposed to be the puppy that everybody saves. No, yeah, I know. Or, or the insert, you know? Right. Yeah. It's supposed to add some sympathy to the characters. They're just, they're not just assholes. And it kind of works. Not, not quite, really. Because they don't treat her particularly well. <laughs> yeah. I think Huntress does that, you know? It's okay. She's the butt of the crew. Just make fun of her. I think Huntress treats her better than everybody else, right? Yeah. I'm saying she's... Everyone else makes fun of Huntress, so... It's fine. We don't need the little girl character. <sighs> Look at this. Yeah, just... Ah, uh, man. Just thinking back to that scene where... The girl pickpockets the diamond from... A supposed criminal mastermind. Or, like, a thug. I don't know. It's just dumb. And then she eats it. So then they have to wait for her to poop it out. Of course she eats it. It's great that they established the timeline of the movie. Otherwise, I would have thought, wow, this kid is real constipated. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Which is not a yeah. great thing to have to think 
throughout the film. <laughs> I know you said you didn't quite like the flashbacks, but I quite like them because you know what is happening when, and you compare that to Suicide Squad or any of the Snyder films, and it's like night and day. It's coherent. Like, you know what's happening. You know why stuff is happening, even though it's really dumb. Like, you know when it's happening. You know where it's happening. Right, it's right. Great. And it adds yeah. a little bit of, of quirkiness, and it's supposed to keep you guessing. And really, it doesn't, but it's, it's okay. I get what they were going for. Yeah. It, works, it works better than Suicide Squad. This is uh, what Suicide Squad could have been. That's why I'm really excited to watch Suicide Squad 2 with James Gunn. And I want to see where he takes it. This is going to be my standard. If it's worse than Birds of Prey, then I'm like, James Gunn, what have you done? <laughs> you have failed this. Well, if they let him do his thing and just make a good James Gunn movie, I'm sure it'll be fine. I'm sure it'll Hope at least so. be entertaining. So. I have high hopes. Me too. When is that set to come out? I think I next don't know, year? dude. 2021. Everything's pushed back, right? Yeah, everything's pushed back like a good yeah. nine months at least. Even movies that are already finished filming. All right, sorry, I went off on like a long tangent there. Any, anything else? You, anything you wanted to cover in particular? I want to talk a little bit about Margaret Robbie's performance. Mm, okay. I think it's very good. I think it. I think she needed a bit of vulnerability. Mm, yeah. Yeah. And I want to compare maybe to Tony Stark, of all people, mm, in okay. Marvel. Because Tony Stark, if you look at the character, he's kind of an asshole almost all the time. Yeah. But, but it's okay, because he has a little bit of vulnerability that he shows here and there. And his overall performance, the films do a good job of giving him a few moments of tenderness with, with like Peter, with different characters and stuff like that. I think they needed to give Harley a little bit more, maybe have her relate with the kid a bit more, and Not the kid. have a few oh. moments. I mean, because, you know, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr., his performance, he knows when to, when to play it up and when to tone it back. And Margaret Robbie's performance is a little bit one note in that it's constantly, you know, pushing that boundary. It's always at 11. Yeah, it's always it's always cranked up, and once in a while you need her, you just need her to turn it down a little bit, just give you a little bit of time to sympathize or to work with a character, right? See, I I agree with you, and I think the problem is they tried it, but because again of not settling on a tone consistently, they failed. So like you know that scene where she goes to the Chinese restaurant, the Lotus Petal, the old man is taking care of her, and she's like trusting this guy and then he sells her out for money later and she's really heartbroken and she loses bruce the pet hyena as well when the building explodes <laughs> so like you know it's supposed to be sad but like because when you introduce bruce the hyena it was a joke it's a very morbid joke he's eating the owner the person who sold bruce to uh, harley quinn and then like the little girl meets the hyena and you know it's still a joke there don't really show them bonding or anything so when harley loses bruce it doesn't have that impact that you want a serious impact where you can relate to her when the old dude sells harley out you don't feel anything there too you just a little bit if you're projecting you know if you could 
relate to that moment and from your own personal experience and then project it onto the film. But as for what the film shows, it's not quite there because it didn't build that up like that serious tone that you need because it was too many joke moments. Gotta have them, gotta get the yucks. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I agree. Like, I, now that you mentioned it, I, I didn't really think about that, but you're right. She's, uh, I wish they gave her a little bit more room to have that ser- those serious moments. And I think the film in general needed a little bit more tonally to build those moments up, I think. I think you're right. Maybe maybe a little bit just to ground it down. Right? Yeah. Like, there's a musical number in there, too, when she's getting hit in the face. And it's supposed to be this moment where you're supposed to sympathize with her. But then it turns into a big joke as well. Not everything has to be a joke. It's okay to be serious sometimes. Yeah. Uh, that's basically the only thing I really wanted to highlight. I, I don't... Mm. By, by all means, I think Margot Robbie is a fantastic actress. I just think... Mm, just pull back, pull it back a little bit. Give us a few moments. Ground it down. That's all I really needed. I liked everyone's performance. I liked Saz's yeah. performance, too. He was uh, sufficiently Victor creepy. Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah that character is that character is probably the most true to the actual comic books that i've mm, seen in this really? film because he's just a psychopath he's just he's basically a regular dude but he's just a psychopath that like okay. cuts people up and he's super violent and it, and it works i think that character works great in the context of the film as opposed to like Clayface, <laughs> who just can change his face yeah which probably would not have worked no i would yeah. not have or any of the other of Batman's Rogue Gallery, and he's had some very goofy, goofy, goofy villains over Calendar the years. Calendar Man. <laughs> yeah. I mean, anyway, I feel like they kind of skirt around the issue that they're all these people are essentially violent criminals. Like when she breaks into the police department, she's just shooting like bean bags. Yeah. And confetti, but she was okay with just murdering a random guy earlier. That's what I'm saying. They keep that off screen, you know, for some yeah. reason. They want to tone it down a little bit. Just don't have it in there at all. It just feels a little bit inconsistent. Why isn't she just shooting people here? Exactly. Exactly. It feels inconsistent. Like, I feel like they were too afraid to go in one direction and they wanted both. Yeah, they wanted it kind of both ways. And Yeah, you can't have it both ways. I fell into this weird little middle ground. We've been complaining nonstop, basically, but I still enjoyed the film. Oh, totally, totally. I still think it was a fun film. The reason why we're picking on all of this stuff is that we see the potential that this film had to kind of pioneer the new standard for DC, and it would have been fantastic. Yeah. Oh, God, this, this action set piece. Where the sprinklers just go, and you think, oh, here comes an action set piece. Ah, uh, see, this is why I thought it was dumb, too. Who in their right mind will lock up a tiny child with bloodthirsty criminals and what look like bird cages in like a warehouse. That ain't no prison. Like it looks nice, like cinematography wise, but like logic wise, I don't uh like even though it's got them, like I don't think they'll do that. It was still an interesting action scene. I I like the choreography. Oh, it looked fantastic. Yeah, I love the choreography. It just like broke my mind logically i'm like this uh it was a little too much it was very stylistic though maybe a little bit too over stylized yeah 
I think having having sprinklers or rain in the middle of your fight scene is a bit overwrought. I, I can't remember. <laughs> was the last? Oh, they might. I think they did it for Watchmen, right? Oh, the the movie or the TV show? The movie. Okay, right? it's been. A I want to say it was like the exact same scene, right? They're breaking into the into the prison to get Rorschach out, and I think I want to mm. say there there was sprinklers there. Maybe I'm maybe I'm crazy. Yeah, we could rewatch Probably that. Probably crazy. Yeah. I think I think that uh, the rain fight scene in the Protector as well, where he's fighting the Capoeira guy. I didn't see that movie. Oh gosh! Well, see, why didn't he just shoot her there? <laughs> just shoot him. <'em>. <laughs> they had so much time to shoot them. <laughs> it's uh, everyone's dumb. You know, I'm okay with certain parts of it. Like if it's goofy fight scenes, then you need people to be dumb and come in one at a time. Like that ending fight scene, I thought it'll look fantastic. It's colorful. A uh, lot of things are happening. I don't think you know, it's not John Wick or anything, but it was a little goofy fun there. Like giant hands and like amusement park slapping people back and forth. Huntress running on noodles. That's great. And then just Huntress shooting people with arrows. It's Susan Gun Huntress. Jeez. <laughs> I think it would have been practical because she, she runs out of arrows at one point. Yeah. If it was bullets, she could have carried a lot more bullets. Totally. Arrows are big. Arrows take a lot of space. And you have to reload the crossbow and cock it back, so like it's not an easy weapon to use. Oh, I forgot this bit where she's just surrounded by cocaine. Cocaine? Oh, yeah. That's great. <laughs> and um, she just breathes it in. See, that? that's like humor. I cannot believe and, this, made, yeah. this made the edit. You know? It's the kids. That's candy. <laughs> it's candy powder. It's candy powder. Oh, it was great. It's it's weird the stuff they went for and the stuff they yeah. didn't go for. Yeah, I I don't know. I don't know. Again, I think it's like tonally they're trying to have it both ways. See Anna with this weird mismatch. They want violence, but not too much violence. Right. We can't have Harley Quinn killing people on screen, but like feeding. But she can't snort cocaine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> She can snort cocaine, and she can totally kill a man and feed him to a pet hyena. Oh, God. Oh, that. The leg oh, break. Yeah. Oh, that's fantastic. That was, what a great uh, effect, too. Yeah. I wonder how they did that. I have no idea. I think maybe in the cutaway, they, they might have painted out the actual leg, and maybe mm. had a prosthetic there. That looks pretty good. That looked, that that looked pretty real. That looked pretty painful. It looked like the bat actually hit something. I winced when I saw it. I was like, oh, yeah. oh gosh. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> kind of reminds me of that scene in uh, Batman v Superman where Batman just comes in and kills everyone. Oh, that was awesome. Probably the only scene in the movie that I actually liked. The, the one good fight scene? Yeah, the one good fight scene. And where then just, they ruined and it. And then he just stabs a guy with a knife. <laughs> yep. Just like slowly stabs it in there. And I'm like, yeah. And then it's like, oh, your mom's name's Martha too? Mine is Martha too. Let's be friends. Friends <laughs> forever. Friends forever. Oh my god, oh, I lost brain cells after watching that. <laughs> so I can never complain too hard about Birds of Prey being dumb. Like, I call it dumb because I know it can be better. But when I think about, like, Suicide Squad or the Snyder films, uh, they're kind of irredeemable. And I know that's our opinions, and the reason why I didn't want to talk about this stuff is I know all the Snyder fans out there are going to be like, how dare you? It's, how it's dare a masterpiece. You? How dare you? 
at least the relationship between the leads in this film feels earned. You know? Yeah. When they come together at the end, it's like, oh, okay, yeah, that I actually feel like they built to this. As opposed to like Justice League or Suicide Squad, where you don't feel like that that teamwork was ever earned. It just yeah. happens. That's right. Oh, that's right. Harley Quinn had the little kid blow up a innocent person and she's dead. <laughs> and she's dead now. So she could, yeah. she was she she's a murderer murder now. Yeah, she's a murderer now. Yep. Anyway, closing thoughts? Yeah, closing thoughts. Closing thoughts. Uh, on that note. <laughs> on that note. On, on murder. Yeah, I, I like this film. I've been griping the entire time. But it's because I want, I want to see DC succeed. We've hated on DC nonstop. But I want to see them succeed. I love these characters. I think Batman and Superman are great. I think the DC universe is at least as, as interesting as Marvel. If done well. Totally. They have nearly a century of stories to pull from and all these interesting characters and situations that they could explore if they just take the time to make a good film about it. We have so much wonderful film ahead of us to look forward to. Whereas if they just keep turning out more Suicide Squads, I'm just going to... I give up. But they've been heading in mostly the right direction. Joker was great. This is good. Things are looking up. Supposedly, Wonder Woman 1980, whatever, is looks promising. So hopefully it'll be good. It'll be the next flagship film for DC. I don't know what else they have on the horizon. They were planning a Booster Gold film, which I was, uh, I'm oh, still excited for. Keanu? <laughs> Question mark? I don't know. No, that was like a rumor. I hope so. I mean, Booster Gold is the perfect vehicle for a film because nobody cares about him they can do whatever they want just do whatever you want nobody cares about booster gold and the keanu playing bill and ted you know that kind of character <laughs> are they still doing principal photography i don't know where they are on the production schedule but it's i thought it was close to release because they have a trailer out now right oh do they yeah <sighs> they do they have two trailers out uh, i'm excited i gotta watch these i don't know man i i I was not feeling it. The trailer, really? at least. Yeah. Not, not the movie. I don't know how it's going to be. The trailer, I, I was not feeling it, though. I got to watch the second one. We'll see. We'll, yeah, we'll see. see. Anyway, uh, I think the acting is great. The writing is uh, inconsistent, I'd say. I love the way the movie looks. I think the style is great. I think they just need... A little bit more. Just push a little bit more. Give the characters a little bit more sympathy. That's basically all it needs. I think the film is not just okay. I think it's it's pretty decent. Hmm. I, I hesitate to say good, but maybe. Maybe good. <laughs> maybe. It's, it's, right th good. it's right there. You know, it's yeah. right there. So I'll say I can recommend this to people that have been waffling about DC since... It's past failures. If you're already a fan of DC, then I, you're probably going to watch this anyway. Some people think they're not failing. Some people love the Snyder Cuts, and they think this is what every DC movie should be like. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Uh, I, I don't will... agree with it, but I'm just saying there are people like that. <laughs> I will give this film... Ooh. Six Suicide Squads. Wow. Six it's higher than squads. Warcraft. 
It is higher than Warcraft, Sam. It is higher than Warcraft. Are you sure about that? I'm, I'm fairly yeah, okay. sure. All right. How about you? Yeah, uh, first of all, I'd like to say I enjoyed this movie. I was a little upset because they, the way they characterized Harley Quinn was not what I wanted because I liked her as an idea, just like the Joker and Batman. Like, Joaquin's Joker was more relatable, and I think it did a good job of portraying a version of the Joker. But for me, like, Heath Ledger was, like, comic book perfection, where it's almost like a real person, you know, but still, you know, captures the essence of the Joker being pure chaos. And here, she's, she's just a regular person, almost. I mean, aside from killing a lot of people and <laughs> doing terrible things. Is she regular? I think she's yeah, just she's, she's, she's definitely a little bit she's definitely uh, mega crazy. A little, a little bit, a little bit crazy, you know? Everyone's a little bit crazy, right? But anyways, uh, that said, I think I like almost everything in the film. Like, I like the editing. I think it was edited pretty coherently. I love the pacing of the film. I love the flashbacks. Yeah, yeah, I don't want them to overuse it, but like using flashbacks to introduce characters and the pacing of it was superb compared to what Suicide Squad tried to do, where they have title card intros one after the other with like their theme song and then they do it again later for some odd reason. They do it twice and they just like introducing characters throughout the entire film that they already showed us, whereas this one. They show them, and then they properly introduce, like, the character's backstory, so you can kind of get it out of the way. And, like, it's like, oh, it's this character from the comics, if you're familiar. So I really like that. I love the color palette. I love how there's so many bright colors. I love the effects, you know, when Harley Quinn is breaking into the precinct, and there's, like, confetti everywhere. There's clouds of ink and everything. I love the goofy violence. Uh, I think... Two main problems I had was the tonal inconsistencies. They couldn't really decide, you know, one way or the other, like totally goofy, but still violent or like serious violent, like Sionis ripping off a person's face, like a whole family just ripping off their face so he can get gain control of their gang and, you know, stuff like that. So I think they have to decide if they do want serious moments, they have to kind of tone down the jokes a, a little bit more and like you mentioned, make these characters a little bit more vulnerable, like Harley Quinn especially, and like have these moments where you can kind of sit there and digest what's happening. Like, don't always feel the need to put a joke in there. Like, you don't have to. That said, I really liked it. And uh, again, other than that, I think uh, I find the characters a little too stupid. I think everyone is too dumb. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> like that's the only issue I had like the writing I think everyone's a little too stupid but I love Huntress though she's by far my favorite character <laughs> she's like dumb in the right way though yeah yeah she orders the Mongolian was it the Mongolian beef mild the Mongolian beef you gotta order spicy this Chinese restaurant by the way uh, if you've been to New York every single Chinese restaurant in the entire city looks like this every takeout place wow I yeah, know because I went good? to like I want to do no comment. No comment. I mean, no, some okay. of them are. Some of them all are right. fine. But they all all the little takeout joints look almost exactly the same. Mm. They have the same faded overhead, like backlit 
plastic uh, men like menu pictures, and then the giant menu board in the back, and then the front counter, and it's manned by like a mom and pop, and they're probably fairly crusty from twenty to thirty years of of working in a little takeout place, and every single one is like that. Interesting. <laughs> they're all exactly like that. Anyway, uh, anyways, I'm gonna give it an eight. Well, all right. Yeah. You know, after watching through it, like, and thinking upon it, despite its flaws, there's so much good going on, and it's a competently made film that I think, you know, again, for their first try, it was pretty good, and I would like to see this going forward. I saw the glimpse of some sort of mind behind it where they knew what they were doing, but they didn't fully grasp that idea yet. So when I see that, like, I see a coherent vision to the film. And when I can see that, I'm like, there's some something here. Like, the person making it, the person editing it, the people, at, like, all of that kind of melding together into something that could have been great. I think um, if they ever make a second one with the same director, writer, like that, uh, you know, they might have a chance to make a really awesome film. Yeah, absolutely. Also, like, going back, all right. Anything else you want to add in here? No, I think that covers it. It's a, it's a pretty good film. Um, yeah. I was pleasantly surprised. Pleasantly surprised. It just makes the flaws that much more sad, because it's like, it, it could have been something great. Just, it just needs that last, that like last half step to step in yeah. to become a, a truly good film. As it is, it's, just, it's still pretty decent. Still decent. Still yeah. watchable. Yeah. Uh, Entertaining. Fun. A little clunky. I think I think going in, people have to kind of watch it without any preconceived notion of what to expect from the film. The formula is like a kid's movie. Yeah, delete the Zack Snyder films from your brain. Yeah. Remove Suicide Squad. Yeah. And just, just <laughs> go in and watch it, you know? Yeah. Just have some idea of the fact that Batman and the Joker are a thing, and that's all you gotta know. Just forget everything else. They're not going to show up. <laughs> yeah, they will not be in the entire film. Well, there was no after credits, was there? I don't, I don't know. I didn't see it in theaters. I don't think so. I hope they make more DC films like this, because it's, it's a lighthearted rap. Yeah. On that note, this has been episode 37 of the Pointy Hatcast. If you want to send us an email, you can send it to us at pointyhatcast at gmail.com. Once again, the email is pointyhackass at gmail.com. All right, thank you so much for dropping by and listening. I really do appreciate it. Catch you guys next time. Thanks for dropping by, guys. Stay pointy. Stay pointy.